You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks so much, as always, and thank you from our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Dedicated solely to uh, making sure you're not going to get screwed by the insurance companies. That's right. Now, they may not use that language, but I did. They'll document any actions of bad faith by the insurer, and uh, they'll protect your rights and hold the insurance company accountable. That's a good thing. They're not Morgan & Morgan. they got offices throughout the state of Florida. If you file a claim and you don't get back what you think you should, it's not over there. Call the Morgan Law Group. They'll go out and fight for you. Storms, hurricanes, roof damage, lightning, mold, fires, boats, sinkholes, you name it. Give a call today, 888-904-2524, or go to policyadvocate.com. On with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, the Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio begins right now, and it does so thanks in part because of our great friends at Birch Orthodontics. Birch Orthodontics, uh, helping out the Schofield family, helping out the Cameron family, helping out the Tallahassee community and all of their families on a regular basis. The best in the business. I don't know how else to say it. They've done an amazing job. By the way, boys, uh, you know, Clark handled the five teeth getting yanked last week. Like a champ. Uh, I thought he was going to be pretty angry. He's not. He's got an upcoming appointment with Dr. Birch to take a look at those teeth now that the others have been ripped out. And uh, I thought he'd be gun shy. No, he can't wait. He's ready to go. Dude, it's one step backward, two steps forward. And what's cool is you'll see is is when they start taking ownership and like really liking what they're seeing with their teeth. Because again, man, like going back to when we first sent uh, our kids to, to orthodontists to talk about braces. I was kind of like, man, why do we need to like, is this really important? Like, do we, I mean, you, you'd love to have a perfect smile, but what if you don't have a perfect smile? Is it that big of a deal? But it's funny. First day of school yesterday, uh, our youngest uh, forgot uh, the retainer when, when she was going to school and like she's supposed to, cause she just got her braces off. So she's supposed to wear a retainer for six months. And like she texted me during the day, like panicked. I forgot my retainer, and it's like that's. I mean, it's cool that she cares that much because she sees how great her teeth look now after going through uh, getting the, the braces from Birch Orthodontics. So we can only attest if your kids want, if you want your kids to have good, healthy smiles, BirchOrthodontics.com is the is the place to check out information and get a free consultation. It's not cool that she lost her retainer though. 
No, but you know, we had to, I did say, look, it's going to be a few hours. It's going to be okay. And then Mr. Okay. Corey's Mr. Corey says, you don't, or actually it was a Jeff. One of you guys thinks the whole retainer uh, racket is nonsense, but, but they believe <laughs> they're, right. they bought in. Yeah, uh, they're the cult. No, no. What I didn't think was a uh, okay. lifetime, lifetime, yeah, lifetime. And, uh, there's yeah. no need to be wearing a retainer for the rest of your life. That's just pure poppycock. The Sheffield kids are. Yeah, well, you you think that. And when they go off to college, that's the end of that, buddy. Here we go. Let's get to it. <laughs> Michael writes, this weekend I watched, honest to God, real-life college football on my television. The Central Arkansas Fighting Norvells beat that ass. Is it safe to let myself really believe we'll see the Knowles play a game? Hashtag optimism for that ass. Michael, they're going to play a game. How many games is up for debate, but they're going to play a game. So you're you're 100% on board right now that September 12th is happening. Well, they're going to play a game. How about that? I don't know. Uh, Yeah, how about that? Just a game. They're going to play a game. Because I can't can't quite – I don't think it's going to be until Saturday when I wake up that I'm 100% convinced they're going to be playing a football game. Or maybe until Georgia Tech arrives. Well, the reality is they're going to be – with the three times the test – three times a week testing – their their last test is going to be like that Thursday or Friday, so yeah. I mean, if if if, you just if get some Thursday, you just gotta, yeah. No, but it, but if an outbreak, you know, if, if those results came back bad on Friday, they could scrap a game. I think that's yeah. probably going to happen. So that's yeah, why I said you, Saturday morning. You'll never know for sure until yeah, you're you're at the game or 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 Saturday morning when you know it's going to happen. I'm gonna always but, be texting Derek the FSUSID like, hey man, should I still come? Give me a heads up. Should I should I should I, should I show up? How's the but week it, going? No. But it, this, we're not at the point anymore where it's like, is the will there to play or do they think they can? They That's all there. I do have a question on this note, and I am excited about three times a week testing and all of that. And I, I think the I think you got to side with going over the top if possible. Hell, I wish they could do it five days a week. But I do wonder, what will it take to postpone a game? Is there a magic number of, of uh, positive cases? Well, 50. they, they – well, they uh, – the uh, what the a couple of conferences are doing, and I'm my guess is they'll probably all follow suit to this. Is is looking at a 53 man roster basically, like the NFL. And if you've got you know a quarterback, two running backs, you know whatever that formula is to get to 53, as long as you can do that, the they'll let you can go ahead and play. Um, but say you don't have a scholarship quarterback, now that you may have to have a conversation with the conference office. Hey, look, we can put. Keyshawn Helton, a quarterback, and still play this game or whatever it is. But but that's the that's the ACC hasn't adopted that officially. But I think the Big Twelve and, and a couple other conferences are are talking about that. And my guess is that's what's going to be. You at least have to have that number of players to in all the positions to be able to play. Yeah, but, you but want it, it. You want it to be a case where it doesn't. Affect, I mean, it, to some degree, it's going to affect the integrity, integrity of the game. Of the game. But, but if I but if I lose five starting offensive linemen, Ira, just because I have enough offensive linemen on my roster doesn't mean I really should play that game, because I don't know that you can do so safely. Like I, well, at that point, our depth is so affected. I get one injury in the game, and I I'm rolling out a walk on, and not you know I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, there could, maybe there will be circumstances where it dictates. Maybe the school would step in because I think right now they're talking about the conferences, um, looking at the overall results and making determinations. But yeah, a school could just say, you know what, we don't think we can play. I think the best thing for college football, we keep talking about more testing. Honestly, to have a have a season we want where everybody plays every game is to have zero testing. Just let them play. <laughs> you, 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 zero <laughs> right? testing. 
By the way, is it, how awesome is it that Michigan's not – did y'all see that tweet, which is just – it is what it is. Michigan didn't want to play football because of the all the – you know, they, the Big Ten. They vote, Michigan voted not to play football, the president, because of all the unknowns surrounding the virus, which is very fair. 45,000 students were, uh, were welcomed back to campus this weekend. No, this is this continues to be the debate. Yeah, that's uh, that's but just just utter poppycock. So the point would be, we do think they're going to adapt something that is universal for the conferences that are playing football, right? About when you would have to postpone a game and when you wouldn't. And also, when yeah. do you tell the conference? When, when does the conference know what the what the they, numbers are? Well, and I think there's th- there's going to be three different tests. One's uh, and one of the tests is going to be by an un. Uh, affiliated party. It's going to be like not that's, your that's smart. That's testing, smart. You know, and then, um, but yeah, I think the the last test, I think, is those results are going to go to the conference, and the conference is going to somebody in the home office would say, okay, you're certified to play. Um, but there's not by going with that route because that was kind of the whole problem. This whole thing is like, is ten tests too much? Is is five positives? Is it twelve positives? Basically, now what they're saying is if you if Kids test positive and they've been quarantined and, and, and you get all the people contact tracing. If you still have that nucleus, you can still play. We're not going to just say, okay, if you get to 12 positive tests. Yeah, all right. Route. Marlon writes, good day, gents. Hope you all enjoyed your weekend and the start of college football. Looks like we're going to play. What are each of your individual expectations for how this team will play? Not win or losses, but how you think they'll play this year. Thank you. I love the show. Go Knowles. Well, we, we did touch on this in the first hour, but I guess if you're going to try to identify uh, a, a characteristic of this team, uh, I think they're going to play downhill on defense and hit you. I think they're going to play fast on defense. I think their identity is defense. I think we're all going to be talking about and thinking about defensive-minded football week in and week out. That's, their, that's who they are. Okay. Yeah, I agree with I'm that. that. I'm with that. I'm with that. Special no. teams too. They'll be better in special teams. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, and I, you know, and I think there's going to be there. The, the defense will give up some plays. I mean, I definitely think that you know, it's not like they're going to be the iron curtain. It's funny we talk about how much better coach they're going to be. And I went back and you know when we we've all gone back and watched some Memphis games. It's not like Memphis doesn't have didn't have false starts. It's not like Memphis didn't have personal fouls. I mean, but it, that's going to happen on every team. But it's just not going to be chaos all the time. Well, I think it's just going to know, you know, it's players knowing what their assignment is and what they're being asked to do, you know, and and lining up and playing with good technique. I mean, our players, in addition to committing dumb penalties uh, incessantly, uh, frequently didn't know what they were being asked to do, what the responsibility was in the defense, uh, where they were supposed to be, and they didn't play with good technique. So they compounded all the dumbassery with just not knowing how to play or know what they were being asked to do. Hey, Trey McKinney knew how to line up on that one play. <laughs> yeah, backwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I forgot about that. Preston writes, greetings, you lovely a-holes. In honor of this year's 10-game ACC schedule, who do each of you feel is the most overrated coach in the conference? Mine is Justin Fuente. I know Jeff likes him because he sounds like Jeff Bridges, but outside of winning nine games his first two seasons with Beamer's players, his biggest win probably the Willie Taggart debut. Since then, he's lost by double digits to Old Dominion, lost by five touchdowns to Duke last year, and lost to Virginia for the first time in 15 years. Not to mention his players seem to hate his guts, and yeah. he's a sorry recruiter. Tech finished 76th in the recruiting in 2020. 76th. All right, now let's hear uh, some coach-related vitriol, boys. 
Hashtag overrated coaches for that ass. Yeah, he hadn't uh, he hadn't been all that impressive there. No, no. The first two years he was. Then he spoke of real problems in the locker room. It, I tell you what, we were we were at the ACC meetings up there in Charlotte, and he was going into a year that I thought would have been a year that he was feeling like they could win the conference and compete for a title because of the two successful previous seasons. And he proceeded to explain how players needed to take control of their program, how they've had adversity in the offseason, trying to find players that want to be here and those that are more concerned about their futures in the NFL. And he just laid out this litany of issues that I thought a third-year coach at a program should not have. And it turned out to be, uh, obviously, uh, insight into the problems that they have within that program. I don't get it, but you're right. It certainly seems like the players hate his ass. Now he was uber successful at Memphis, which yeah. set up, which set the stage for for our coach. But and he was successful when he first got to Virginia Tech. I don't know what the hell happened, Jeff. What? So I want to get your take on uh, what you thought when you looked at the screen and saw Ira not look at you once during that whole rant like again I, I understand that he's working i'm not he works we work for the same company i'm excited that I, well i assume he's working he might be texting kim about yarn we're, we don't know we're, we're we're maybe jeff maybe wasn't too worried about that maybe he's self-confident enough to That's not correct. feel like i need constant affirmation I, you know i now, i just think it's more of like uh you know professional courtesy yeah professional so, courtesy more than anything else so I didn't want to, when it came to my turn, I knew Jeff was handling it. He, he had it locked down. He was going to give a really salient, intelligent point. How many, of those, how many of those words and did then, you hear? I, all of them. And then, but I wanted to also, at the same time, be, be preparing for mine because I couldn't just talk off the cuff about this question. I wanted right. to do a little bit of research. I'm not as skilled as Jeff is. Is that so really I, what you were doing? I was looking up Dave Doran's record because uh, <laughs> he, was, he, was, he, was, he was my first choice. And I'm torn between Dave Doran and Pat Narduzzi. Because here's the thing, and both of them had some success. The thing about Narduzzi is those crazy end of game decisions. Like oh, there's been there's been too many of them. You know, it, yeah. You can have the one brain fart, or whatever. But then to come back and defend yourself and act like people are idiots for questioning you. That's that makes time. yeah. So that so so I'm torn between Doran and uh, Narduzzi. But what do you do, Corey and Ira, with an Narduzzi if you're pit? Because here's the deal. Yeah, you're right. It's, what I do know you where do? you're going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, man, they could win the Coastal. I mean, that, that's – it's Pitt. You know, like, that's as good as you're going to get. Also, they play very much like he was as a player, right? I mean, they are rugged defensively. They play that way. So, I guess in the big scheme of things, his end-of-game decisions are asinine. His red zone decisions are asinine. His offense is impossible to watch. But, man, they are rugged, and they have a chance to win the Coastal, and he's doing a pretty good job given that it's Pitt. It's just that's – Yeah, that's just a, leave him there. He's fine. Yeah. He's fine. He's fine at Pitt. He's perfect for Pitt, actually. What's your, what's your answer, Corey? I didn't really hear the question. See, here's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'm looking away, trying to give a thoughtful answer. You're just – I don't know what you're doing. Most overrated coach in the ACC, Corey. Uh, ooh. Uh, <laughs> 
man, there, that's that's man. There aren't many. That's a hard one to answer because there aren't many coaches that are rated high to begin with. Like, yeah, that's correct. That's correct. I was going to tell everybody that if you still think Manny Diaz can coach, then that's the answer because he's terrible. So I, I would go that route. He may be the worst coach in the conference. Bronco Mendenhall, but nobody rates him. Nobody no, cares not- about any of these teams. No, I and mean, he got off to a rough start there, but I think uh, I think that's trending in the right direction. I think he's going to do a good job there. Ira, I like your answer. Dave Doran's ass. Dino yeah. Babers could be fired very easily. Anything you know what? Dino you know Babers. what? That might be the answer, and I like yeah, it. Yeah, but still, nobody thinks of him as a great coach uh, either. Yeah, the but they got uh, all excited because of his locker room jumping around. Oh, no, right. They still in. won five games that year, though. No, but when he got that huge contract, when they had their one big year, <clears throat> that's that might be the call. I all think right. that, Especially the national media really seems to like him. And he's likable, but he I don't think he's a good coach. All right, we'll continue with Headline of Questions when we return. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. All right, back to Headline of Questions. Like, here we go, boys. What do we have? Preston writes, oh, no, I already read Preston's. John writes, Seymour, hey, fellas. John from Nebraska here. You know, normally around this time of year, I would have a countdown to kick off and planning FSU watch parties and reading my media guide. But obviously, this season is different on so many levels. I'm hoping that once game times are announced and the first game is played, I'll get excited. It's just the unknown that sucks right now. As always, keep up the great work and go Knowles. So, John, just wanted to make an observation. Yeah. No question yeah. there. You just want to make an observation. Kyle writes. Well, real quick, though, do you think, like, he's right, though. We're, we're, the buildup is lacking. Oh, know, oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. 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 But do you think like will that diminish the actual game day experience or or yes. do you feel like yes. it'll... of course. Yep. Yes. Yep. The whole thing's Absolutely. diminished and the 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 atmosphere itself will diminish the game day experience cuz yep. there'll be 18,000 people there. You know, that's Everything the one thing. It's diminished. Yes. That's you know that that is the one thing that bothered me about the Central Arkansas game. Corey, we were talking about this on uh, the Jeff Cameron show yesterday. Oh, okay. All right, good. So um, that weekly spot's still there. Yep, it is. Uh, it was a little shorter this week. I, no, I, I guess bring I wasn't it. bringing it. No, no, uh, I was rolling. I was in a good okay. place. I just thought I'd give you a respite. <laughs> but uh, we talked about the Central Arkansas game the other night, and uh, that lack of crowd, it felt like watching a high school game because yeah. not because of the, feel like that, not because of the visual, but just the the, the ambient noise, just the lack of yeah. that. You know, I when Major League Baseball and the NBA like said they were going to pipe in noise, I was kind of I was down on it at first, but watching that college football game, I was like, man. Maybe we need to pipe in some some fighting bands. Yeah, you got to pipe in something. It feels like I'm watching Thomas County Central and Cairo. Well, but but also remember it was Austin P in Central Arkansas. But is it going to be much different at at, uh, Forest State with 15,000? No, it won't be much different, but the quality of play will help lift your spirits. I mean, it's Austin P. It's, you know, it's Austin P. But I agree. No, I thought thought all along the number one – most affected sport specifically would be college football, even more than pro football, college football, because we we really do associate all of the collegial aspects of the, uh, of the experience that kind of really make it unique. And um, that's actually, they can pipe pipe in noise like before the play, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was announced yesterday. You can, yeah. So they're going to be able to pipe in noise and you can do whatever you want. You can, uh, you can pipe in the war chant. You can pipe in Seminole wind, whatever you want to do, blow, blow Seminole wind. You can just do that the whole, the whole game. 
Kyle, all right, tell him, jumping with the bull tie so strong nowadays, do you think another team will ever do what FSU did? As I think the only team to ever play for a national championship in each of the Orange, Rose, Sugar, and Fiesta. Thanks for the great show as always. P.S. They should have had the career grand slam in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, they really should have uh, with the national championship there. Uh, the Tennessee loss is still hurtful to me because had Winky started, we would have beat Tennessee by four touchdowns. Had Peter and- Ward gotten the ball. And because you drove, and because you drove, out. and because I freaking drove out there and yeah. had to sleep in Fort Stockton, Texas, <laughs> and I thought I still hurt for the people of Fort Stockton. Anyhow, uh, yeah. So, uh, what do you think, Corey? I didn't Any- hear that question either. What are was you the- trying? Are you even going to show up for the second hour? I thought I heard the question. I heard about the the great grand, grand slam. Come on, man. But he's asking how close they were to getting all four or if somebody else could do it. Will any team ever do what FSU has done? He says, I think they're the only team to ever play for a national championship in all of the above. Orange, Rose, Sugar, and Fiesta. I mean, yeah, Alabama. This is like... (laughs) That's this my like, answer. This is like watching some of Trivial Pursuit. Uh, can you read the question again? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. What like, cat? What are these? What are the categories? What color this? is this? <laughs> give, me, give, give me the language of origin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, uh, back to Seminole Wind. So, okay, I don't think it works at the end of the third quarter. It but doesn't what if, work at all, what, ever. But what, hey, hey, what if it becomes like the rocky top of Florida State? No, oh, no, no. Just no. throughout the game. No. Blow, blow. Yeah, yeah the, that's all the band plays constantly. <laughs> like if they make them having to stop do the war chant, if that just becomes not a thing anymore here yeah. soon, you got to take it over with something. Like Tennessee fans don't even like Rocky Top. They just like it because it annoys everybody else. So that's what Florida State can do with Seminole win. Oh, no, don't do Think that. about it. Just, just mull it over. Just let yeah. it marinate. I'll, 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 I will. Reed writes, fellas and Sweet Pea, this is probably a Seymour. Thanks for helping us all get through the longest offseason in history with a few laughs and a steady dose of optimism. With that in mind, I'm very bullish on Adam Fuller, perhaps too much. I think he can make this the best defense we've had since the national championship team. I know there are still some question marks, but between Charles Kelly and Harlan Barnett, this defense has been criminally deprived of competent coaching for too long, despite the level of talent. Everything about Fuller's pedigree and demeanor tells me he's going to make this defense not just succeed, but thrive. Am I crazy? Is what Reed wants to know. Corey, did you hear that question? I did. And no, you're not crazy. Uh, I do think it's a it's a it's got talent at all three levels, especially the the front and the back. Uh, there's a lot of talent there, and there's NFL talent. Um, I I I don't think it will be as good as the 15 defense. Um, that defense actually it kind of gets lost in the shuffle, but that was re- that was a really good defense. Very good defense. And, and 17 were- 17 wasn't bad either. Uh, that offense was just terrible. Uh, I think if it could be like 2017 esque, that would be a, a really good jump. Remember, it's hard to go like we we looked it up. So from 2009, Florida State had like the 106th ranked defense in the country. And then in one year, they jumped it up to 42. The 2010 defense was 42nd in the country. It gave up like 27 less touchdowns in one season. I think you could make that kind of jump, and that would be an incredible jump. It's still not going to be elite, and it's not going to be as good as the 2015 one was, I don't think. I don't believe the linebackers are – not that the linebackers in 15 were great. Um, I, I just I, – I have to see it with the linebackers to, to see if they can make a difference – and but the defensive line, if they stay healthy, and if Kane Doe is what they're saying he is, that is a huge, huge deal. 
I'll say this. I do think I think they're going to be closer to elite than you might think, Mr. Clark. Hey, and one other thing, this is kind of like a little minor thing, and, it, and maybe I'm grasping on the straws, but about Adam Fuller, and one of the reasons I one of the reasons I think um, I believe in him, his best friend is Patrick Graham, who's the Giants defensive coordinator. They were on the same staff together at Wagner like 20 years ago. And what's cool about that, what's to me, it, t- it tells me if his best friend is the coordinator at the Giants and has had this kind of meteoric rise in NFL football the last 10 years or so, he's he's really uh, made these huge strides and he's very well respected. If his best friend is Adam Fuller, like, did doesn't that say something about Adam Fuller? Like, you and if you're, you know, Bill Belichick doesn't hang out with dummies, you know? And I'm not yeah. saying this guy's Bill Belichick, but I think that speaks to, to something. Well, I think it's pretty obvious, uh, you know, what it says about you two that you hang out with me. So I, I think, you know, true. you guys get to benefit, and I do too, to varying degrees. And, and I think, you know, people see us and they go, well, those are the three smartest guys in the room. It's, yeah. not, it's not surprising. They're all real close together. Yeah, and if they wonder about me at all, it's like, yeah. I don't know, man. Corey sounds like an idiot most yeah. of the time. Is he? he Iron Jeff, Jeff hang out with him, so, you know. He he's can't got some him. redeeming qualities. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, you know, the hot girl always brings around the other girl. You know, That's true. That's so. true. Guys so emphasize, emphasize her hot. Think that's what I'm doing with you two. Seminal headlines on 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal headlines presented by Capital City Bank returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Butch writes, "Hello again, gents. We're less than two weeks until all is right in the world again. Hopefully, what if any changes have you seen?" told of or heard of rumors of regarding this season's media access on game days. Keep up the great work. Well, they just came out with the media policy yesterday, and I really didn't read over it because it wasn't pressing to me currently. Uh, We've got a little time before this game happens. Um, But I assume they're spreading us out there in the box and that, uh, you know, you got to go through certain elevators and the like. I don't know. Yeah, Uh, it's it's no rumors anymore. They're going to allow 40 media in the press box. Which is means we'll definitely be spread out because it's a huge press box, and um, and then they're gotta wear mask at all times. Yep, yep, and we're not allowed to go anywhere else in the in the stadium. Like we can't go down to the field before hold the game. Hold on, hold on. We need to clarify some things, Ira. This is all about how this affects me. So my question to you and to Corey is: I'm sure I'm grandfathered in for the roof, right? I mean. It's Ooh. twenty-one. It's twenty-one years of me standing on the roof. They're not going to shut that policy. I don't even know how. Why? The, how could you say it's okay to be in this box, but you're not, not allowed to go up there. outside, away from everyone? I think the real question is why they haven't set up a perch for me by now with my name on it, because it's famously true that I am up on the roof for famously. every game. What are man, we? What are we waiting on here? Man, we we didn't want to ruin the surprise. Um, yeah. Oh man! Oh, I blew it. Uh, yeah. Yep. You're gonna uh, love it. You're you gonna got, love it. You got a throne. You got like a king's chair. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You have a yeah. scepter. <laughs> oh, you guys are so good, man. I'm so pumped. Uh, so yeah, there's forty. There's forty people in the press box, right, Ira? And then there's no field access at all. Like no photographers, no videographers can be on the field at all. And then the press conferences after the game will be Zoom. Um, so there's not a uh, Ira will have a great reason to be at football games this year we because of the sideline watching. <laughs> I can't see anything from the press box anyway, um, so it won't be in, in our. We'll be doing our interviews in the press box on our computers. I have a question, Corey. Okay, you're a, you're a grown man. If you're having trouble seeing, have you ever thought about going to an optometrist or the doctor in general? 
to check up on the things that you're deficient in in order to get the help you need? What a crazy concept. Next question, nerd. (laughs) I'm not going to wear glasses. Is ruin this face? Are you kidding? Oh, my God. Guys who just ferment their beards, their goatees, don't yeah. also wear glasses, Jeff. Maybe I'll wear glasses with my uh, with my toupee. There you, you go. You, you can also get contacts, man. Oh, no chance. What? No. Yeah, I remember the first time I got glasses, and like I was, I was on the street, and I was like, "Wait a minute, you're supposed to be able to read that sign?" Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Corey, yeah. there's a whole world out there. Oh I'm no, like, I'll put on Stephanie's glasses, and it's like, oh, my, I can see the score. I can see something. the numbers. Corey, I was as adamant as you are currently about the fact that I could never wear contacts. In fact, I tried and failed. No, no, you, you just stop. Let's get to the next question. It's not happening. Wow, listen to me. I tried and failed. I couldn't do it. The woman that was trying to help me laughed at me and said, you're a child. This is ridiculous. What are you doing? And I couldn't do it. And I went home in disgust in a huff. I was like, ah, and I put on my glasses and I stormed out. But I felt... I felt cowardly. I felt incomplete. And I knew there was a better way. And I went back in and I promise you, Corey, I feel like a motivational speaker. I promise you, if you spend one day in a magnified mirror for two hours, oh. you'll do it and you'll never look back. It's awesome. Your you know, finger doesn't actually touch your eye. No, it doesn't it's, matter. I'm not putting anything in my eyes. You guys are crazy. And I think the people reason you wear contacts, right? Because you don't want people to say, Oh, where's your pocket protector nerd. <laughs> you don't want them to know you have bad eyesight. No, I don't care if I wear glasses. Dude, I wear glasses I, all the time, but I, I wear got contacts when I'm working out or I'm playing yeah. a sport. You if dumbass. You play racquetball no, that's where I goggles. No. I will wear Kareem Abdul-Jabbar prescription Uh, goggles. Go get you some Kurt Rambis lenses, buddy. Here (laughs) we go. Alejandro writes, hello, gents, as always. Thank you so much for what you do. I listen to plenty of podcasts, and this this one is by far the most anticipated one on the list. I seem to be alone. (laughs) I seem to be alone on an island thinking that open week before the Miami game is a positive thing. Having our guys fresh with less chances of any injuries and the extra time allotted to scheme against a hated rival is a huge upside that I believe outweighs playing a cupcake game. What do you guys think about that? Hashtag get you some defense for that ass. There you go. Uh, I don't agree. Um, I think you'd rather have a cupcake to get the rest of your team uh, just on the field and prepared. And then, uh, you know, resting up after one week, I don't know that that's – you'd rather rest up after four weeks. And I still worry about where we're going to be with this pandemic – and are you going to be able to survive an extra two? Like, I, I hate that you, oh, we made it. We're here. College football season started. Now we got to wait another two weeks and hope, cross your fingers, that the testing numbers come back positive. I think the biggest reason you'd like that game is because you're they're going to be reluctant, unless they, they get a big lead on Georgia Tech, they're going to be reluctant to play some younger guys maybe that they would like to. And that second game would have been perfect for that. Yeah. And then you might have some guys that, you know, that could help you against Miami, you're not going to have that luxury now. You're not going to find out about those guys till Jacksonville State a week later. By the way, boys, just so you know, for you sporting guys and gals, it is out. Florida State's Ele- line 11. Georgia Tech is out. Florida State, the Knowles are given 11 to, uh, to Georgia Tech. Would you give the 11, Corey? No. Would you give the 11, Ira? I think I'd give the 11, Jeff. We got time I think, to take this next week. I think Georgia Tech's going to have a tough time offensively. I think that's true. All right, back to questions. Here we go. 11 does seem like a lot, though, for what I think is a bad offense. 
Um, Butch writes, hello again. We're less than two weeks away until it's all. Uh, no, I already read that. Ryan writes, fellas, what's the biggest line of BS you've ever heard from one of our head coaches or assistants? I got to say recent times. <laughs> I got to say recent times have brought a couple for me. Jimbo saying of James Blackman, he just gets ball. And Willie Taggart saying of the offensive line, they're going to be much better than you think. I two the two that jumped to mind was one Willie at a booster club, which I guess you shouldn't really count because those are you know they're just playing to the fans. But he said that the offensive line, uh, he he sees them delivering like teeth rattling blocks, which was uh, interesting. And then uh, from Jimbo, the best one I think ever was the uh, the five year plan. I've got this five year plan, yeah, to to turn over play calling, which was like what. There was never – Well, and he also – that up. He also told us that uh, initially we weren't going to be able to talk to assistants. Just the first little while because he wanted to he wanted to be the voice of the program right when it was starting. But obviously later on as he kept going, we would be able to talk to assistants more. Uh, that didn't happen. There's, there's numerous examples from that guy that we could list. Um, for Willie, I think it's whatever that signing day was where another quarterback list class had come and gone. Oh, and he's like, trust me, I got a plan. That's a good I got one. a plan. It's all the plans. Yeah. Yeah, always about the plans. By the way, guys, we're overlooking the most obvious and the all-time greatest one, which was telling Burt Reed to intentionally drop the ball. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, that they, and that they practice it. They practice that. That's an hour a day they yeah, practice yeah, yeah. dropping yeah. passes. We've done that a thousand times. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the number one answer always, <laughs> all time, any coach, any sport, anywhere. That's okay. Well, and what gets overlooked is that Burt did it perfectly. He was coached up perfectly because he did drop the ball. That's yeah. why they got to run another play. Yeah. Burt, Burt was like, I mean, he must have practiced that all the time to drop it. He dropped it so perfectly that they had to go to review it to see if he actually caught it. Which is what's what's weird about it is Jimbo used to preach, you know, practice it so much you can't do it wrong. Yeah. And – but he was still dropped to his knees out of fear. No, no. Yeah. it was it was dropping to his knees because of the perfection with which yeah. it was <laughs> an unbelievable drop. He was in tears yeah. that the, the coaching had gotten through to the point where it could yeah. happen in a in a pressure packed moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. that's when it comes to the surface. That's when your habits come to the surface the most. He watched it almost like it was in super slow mo, and when he saw him drop it, he dropped to his knees in tears like the day has arrived. Yeah, they believe, they trust. They yep. know. They've bought in. Now, Hopkins, get out there and miss that kick. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, Dustin, the afternoon host will never forgive you yeah. for. Yeah, no. And oh, by yeah. The way, and oh, by the way, once you miss that one, make sure you miss a 33-yarder against North Carolina like an ass so he can no, double no, no, down. No, no. That, was, that one came later. That, the North Carolina one was first. Uh, well, either way. Either yeah. way. It was a bad be, combo. A lot, of, a lot of bad misses there for that guy. Here we go. Let's move on. Let's move on from this Dustin Hopkins hatred. Nick writes, what sports stadium do you have an irrational hatred for? Mine is Yankee Stadium because it's not much bigger than a Little League field. Correct, Nick. That is correct. It's a piece of crap. That's a good that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. You know, I was thinking uh, because the Braves were playing the Red Sox last night. It's hard with football stadiums because they're all the same, right? They're, I mean, the, the dimensions are all the same. I don't know that I have a hatred for any football stadiums. Um but Fenway Park, I'm not a – I mean, I just oh, – I get awesome. it. It's true. No, I mean, the, the dimensions. Like, you can hit a home run that's 270 feet down the right field line. Yeah. I mean, that's just dumb. That's just dumb. I love the monster. 
Because the monster giveth and it taketh away. You can rip one off the monster and get a single. Yeah. But you can also have a pop fly for a home that's run. Not, that's not going to be the one on your list. That's not going to be – like you would say, you know – the Trop in St. Pete before you'd ever say Fenway Park. I mean, the Trop. Yeah, I'm talking about dimensions. The stadiums themselves, then, yeah, I don't. I have no love for the Trop. I've never been there. I would never want to be there. I don't understand what, what they do in that city, that that's their stadium. Um, but nothing comes to my mind as an irrational hatred for an actual uh, stadium. A venue, a venue. Any venue? Can we think of any place that you just don't want to be? Because I would say this. I bet Eric Llewellyn would say Boston College's baseball stadium, which oh, man. is yeah, legendarily uh, dangerous. Listen, so, listen, yeah. Listening to him broadcast the game from Boston College is awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. At the McDon- he's in the McDonald's playground because they he's, have Wi-Fi. He had to get he, Wi-Fi. Yeah. He's like, he's, yeah, the call keeps dropping. He's <laughs> like, he's got like four different stand, like different structures in, obstructing his view. Oh, yeah. It's no, awesome. It's, it's awful. And it's dangerous. It's like perched precarious. Yeah, I'll say anything Boston College. I'm still <laughs> upset that they're in the conference. They need to get out of the conference quickly. I would say the I would mine would be Wallace Wade before they got rid of the track. Having uh, a having yeah. having a track around a football in a in the in the ACC in a Power was, Five conference. Yeah. And then yeah, I guess you still have to walk a mile to the locker rooms. It's just what uh, would have been funny was back in the day when Florida State joined the conference and they were beating Duke up there fifty to six. That the whole sec- starting secondary was just running relay races around the track <laughs> in the fourth quarter. Let's come back and wrap it up momentarily with a few more headliner questions. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. All right, let's get to it. Rapid fire. Greg writes, for a lot of us, this time of year reminds us of the first FSU game we went to as a freshman. Or maybe the anticipation of the football wind, or even the fond memories we have watching the big game with our dad. In memory of all that, for the benefit of Ira and Corey, Jeff, tell us your dad's current thoughts on the upcoming season. (laughs) (laughs) And any plans you all have to watch a game together. Yeah, what are your plans with your old man? Is he coming up? Yeah, so he's coming down from Georgia to Tallahassee. That's right. Uh, So he has tickets then. Well, no, not for all of them. He's like everybody else who's getting screwed, but understandably. I don't think – I'm not sure – well, first of all, he's only going to be able to go to a couple because I think that's the way the ticket allotment thing is working out. And then secondly, I don't know that he's gung-ho about going given the circumstances. Um, I I think he may come down and watch them with me in my living room on my new 82-inch television, and I'll grill for him. Maybe we'll have a catch in the front yard. We'll Better be growing some meat, some sausages. There you go. And we'll spend a lot of quality time talking about the games that we watched together and the many years we spent watching games together. And here's to many more years of us watching games together. That's how that's going to go. In fact, registers meets Jeff and Corey. <laughs> Eventually, they're going to be looking at maybe doing some stuff for tailgating, for tailgating options for FSU fans. So keep an eye out for that. Stevens writes, what's it going to feel like to be undefeated beyond Labor Day? Also, forget yeah. the top 25 defense plaque. How about a smoke them if you got them blanket crocheted in the finest yarn this side of the Mississippi? <laughs> Finally, could you imagine having to live amongst a family of lowly knitters? Nay, nay! No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> they wouldn't so I, piss on knitters if they were on fire. So, so the other day, I, the other day I, said to, uh, I said to Kim, I was like, so, like, your friends at work that mentioned the show, have they mentioned anything lately? And she's like, oh, not, not, not really. And I was like, oh, okay. 
Why? Um, no, no reason. Uh, oh, good, good, nice. She'll never know. Nope. By the way, did you show her the picture the guy tweeted us of the Viking helmet that was no. that was crocheted? No, that would pretty much be a giveaway that we've been talking but about crochet. I really would. Can she make something like that? It wouldn't shock me, but but I don't well, know. Probably in an hour. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I would love to have that. I would love to have that. Can Maybe that, ask her if she can make that for me? That would be your uh, toupee, in lieu of a toupee. Nice. No, I'm actually that. getting a toupee, but I still would like to have that, too. Aaron writes, hola, amigos. Besides winning every game, what is the best-case scenario for FSU schedule-wise? Having to cancel the Clemson game? Having a 60% winning record? Trying to imagine the best case for buy-in from fans, boosters, recruits. Thanks so much, gentlemen. Yeah, wins would be nice, but, uh, yeah, I think like we talked about in the first hour, right, it's how it looks, it's how they play, um, the improvement you see. Whether the wins go up by one or two or none, you assume they'll go up by one or two, but if they don't, just how they play will be a – I think the fans could buy in if they believe. If they if they win – it's not out of the question that they can beat Miami. If they go 3-0 and and then the season just gets stopped, that wouldn't be a bad Boom. thing. Not a bad scenario, although Boom. I want more games, but not a bad I, Yeah, one more games too. I'm just saying for FSU, for Mike Norvell in terms of recruiting – Well, it would be a bad scenario that the season got stopped just for no. our country but, and for humanity because but, that well, would be a really we're bad not, outbreak. We're worried, about, we're worried about recruiting here. Cool. Oh, my fault. Yeah, yeah that's Get true. your priorities together, Sorry. Dave. My fault. My also, fault. I, I would also point out that if we go 3-0 – I'm putting up a national championship banner somewhere. <laughs> right by our top 25 defense. That's right. That's correct. Uh, Jeff, Ira, and the captain rights game. Everyone likes to recall Randy Moss what-if scenarios. I propose to you, what if Lavernius Coles is given another chance like Peter Warwick was? He was finally making the transition from running back to wide receiver about the time he was told to have a nice day, and the 99 team is even more dynamic and on another level. I was going to say, well, yeah. yeah, if he if he's remains on the team, I bet they win the national championship. <laughs> Yeah, I guess would he have been 2000? I guess he I don't think he was a senior, was he? So I think Labernius would have had a year in 2000 to come back to. And uh, that would have made that 2000 team better. And maybe maybe you win the Miami game because you have him. Also, by the way, I look back on the stuff that guys used to get kicked off the teams for. Sweet Jesus. Come on, man. Well, Labernius was a little different. Labernius had had an altercation with a a woman who attacked his mother, right? Or his girlfriend? I, I well, mean, I think so. Yeah, varying different stories. Okay, so I, but my point, the whole thing with Lavernius was it was it was a it was a lifetime achievement award. It wasn't a <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just that episode. Okay, I mean, his much. nickname was Trouble. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, all right, Caleb writes, Jeff, do you foresee any Cat Five games on the schedule so far? <laughs> no. Yes, the answer what? is resounding. Yes, the first one, the first <laughs> one is a Cat Five maintain everybody. <laughs> Holy bleep. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> the football game being played? We never thought it was possible. I'm Especially, telling you. Especially, it may be, uh, it might, you know, it might be seven or eight o'clock. It might be a prime type type game. Dude, game one is Cat 5 maintained. Think about it this way both the 15,000 people going into the stadium and the hundreds of thousands of Knowles around the country are going to be, if that's a seven o'clock kickoff, you know how drunk this fan base is going to be that it's upon us. Maintain everybody. Jeff's going to wake up that morning, text somebody at FSU, one of his contacts. Hey, is this game really happening? How did the last test go? And then straight bourbon the rest of the day. 
Uh, yeah. scotch, scotch for me. Scotch for me. But yeah, I'm telling you, man. And yeah, I, a little log of Alulin, right? To just a lot. Right. Yeah, to get that going. Almost pulled it off. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> almost did. It's log of Alulin. Yeah. Um, but it will probably be Lafroig. It might be. Uh, it, does, no, it doesn't matter. Where are you going to look it up? You're getting on your computer to look up? Hands right here, buddy. Oh. It might be a Buddha Hobbin. Oh, the old Buddha Hobbin. I go with the log of a I, I think that's your. That's what you like the most. Log of a loon. I feel like the log of a loon is a kind of boat. Can like, we oh, drink, Ira? Can we drink? We can. I can drink. We can drink Mick Ultra in the press box. I think all bets are off this year. So, so Derek listens to the show. I don't know if Coach Norvell listens to the show. Probably. I don't know why you wouldn't. Uh, I, I would just suggest that uh, I agree with you, Corey. All bets are off for the season, Derek. Rob, anybody else we got to talk to? Let us go ahead and drink. I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. Let, I mean, let's really, all, let's bring some for everybody. And we're not going to be around the student athletes. It, we're just going to be interviewing them on our computer. Uh, as far as they know, we're drunk when we do that every day, anyway. <laughs> so, but they're not going to have to smell alcohol on our breath because we won't be there. We can't embarrass ourselves too much because we'll be muted the whole time. I feel like it's if you're ever going to drink in a press box and watch a game, this has to be the year. There's never well, going to be another year to do it or want to do it. If they had let us do it the last couple of years, I think I might have been doing opiates. <laughs> yeah, the, uh... yeah, I would have been on peyote. <laughs> I would have been riding a spirit horse. Ira has fallen <laughs> off his chair again, guys. They are, they are down 30 in the third. Uh, I understand it. He has just called it a day. There's nothing that, that, to fight. That game in Notre Dame, dude, I would have been – you would have seen me, Woo! like, freebasing in the in – the, my that, hair would have been on fire. That game at Notre Dame, I went downstairs – in that stadium, and all I did was look around at those conditions and thought, why do people brag about this blank hole of a stadium? Well, there's your answer then, when the guy asked the venue that you have the irrational hatred for. Those overrated nonsense. That city, that program, that stadium. It's the tradition, the the glory. It's 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 beautiful. It's It's it's, a dump. It's in a sorry state. The city itself sucks. The stadium is garbage. The so, city, the city isn't great. You're right. It was. This was uh, Indiana's turn in the uh, in the wheel of death. The, the several <laughs> headlines wheel of yeah. death. Indiana has frequently been nominated, sir. Uh, you've been to Indiana. <laughs> yeah, he's been to South Bend. <laughs> just yeah, you know, driving by Gary is a, is a treat. I mean, the, the, the drive from Chicago to to Notre Dame is uh, just just, just something special. For Ira Chaffel and Corey Clark, I'm Jeff Cameron. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We love you very, very much. And next week, we'll be previewing the first game, game. week. It's game what? week next week. What? What Let's go. Week? All right. Peace. Seminal Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, every Tuesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Get more from Jeff, Corey, and Ira via iTunes and in the 97.9 ESPN Radio Audio Vault. This has been a production of 97.9 ESPN Radio, Tallahassee Sports Monster.